morning. The reading today is from Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18, and can be found on page 1187 in the Church Bibles. I'll just give you a minute to find it. That's Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18, page 1187. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray that uh, we would listen together, that we would learn together, that we would become closer to each other and to you as we explore this passage more deeply. Amen. Bob, does this need to be further down? Because I'm getting reverb a lot. Yeah. Any better? See if you can hear me. Oh, no. <laughs> definitely worse. How's that? That could work. No, you can't hear me now. I'll just have to have a ringing in my ears. Is that any good? Yeah? Okay. So, if we could have the next slide, please. What does army mean to you? Does it mean violence? Perhaps force? Does it mean a huge number? They're all reasonable thoughts that fit our understanding of the word army. But let's find out what army actually means. The British Army's website states that an army should protect interests at home and abroad, providing a safe and secure environment. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary 
defines an army as a large, organised body of armed personnel trained for war, especially on land. Wiktionary looks at... Uh, are we on Wiktionary? Wikipedia, a fighting force. And Wiktionary talks about uh, the origin of the word, telling us that to arm means to join or fit together and to provide with equipment, tools, or other items in preparation or readiness for something. Let's have a look at that one again. To join or fit together and provide with equipment, tools, or other items in preparation or readiness for something. And I think we find that that definition fits in extremely well with the passage that we've just heard uh, Val read to us from Ephesians. So if we summarise that information, we learn that an army should be ready to protect, ready to confront, large and organised, trained and prepared, and properly equipped with appropriate equipment, tools and weapons. Another point worth making is that army personnel are prepared to follow orders. To do that, they have to trust the person who gives the orders. They have to believe in the cause they are there to protect. Nobody is just following orders. They must believe in the premise. Paul's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, warning them against heresy and false teachers. Although in John's letter, uh, uh, his uh, book Revelation, reveals that the church in Ephesus had aligned itself with the powers of darkness and was involved in corrupt politics. It was also in moral decline. So it's easy to see the struggles that they were facing and the form of attack that threatened to overcome them. And so Paul writes of the commands that God makes to his army. And as we look today at being church together, we are looking at being the army of God. So we've got to relate this idea of being an army with the armour that is the reading that, uh, that Steve chose to represent that. And we've got this idea that we can work out what an army is, but it also needs to be well equipped. So let's have a look at the commands that are given to us via Paul. So Paul's writing of the commandments that God makes. And there are seven in this passage. So five of them are actions and two of them are living commands telling us how we should be and those two top and tail. So we've got be strong in the Lord's power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil and so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after to stand. Take up your stand against the devil's schemes. Take up or take the shield, the helmet and the sword. So we've got the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're also commanded to extinguish, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So we are told to do that. Do pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray on all occasions. 
Pray with all kinds of prayers and requests and pray for all of the Lord's people. And finally, we are commanded to be alert. So are we ready to commit to the army of God? This is an army who have all their equipment provided. We just need to receive it. We need to take it up and use it correctly. It's an army whose commander is entirely trustworthy and whose cause is the most altruistic that has ever been and yet is also achievable. Come back with me one more time to look at the armour or the equipment and tools that we are offered in the church of believers, disciples or followers of the good news of Jesus Christ. So, the first piece of equipment is the truth. We're commanded to wear the truth buckled around our waist. And what is the truth? Well, the truth is a who. Jesus, in John 14, 6, says, I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus' whole person is truth. And it's also the way and the life. Not all roads lead to heaven, just the one. Secondly, we're commanded to wear righteousness as a breastplate, protecting our vital organs. Christianity.com defines righteousness as being right in the eyes of God. How do we do that? By working super hard and keeping all of the law? Well, no, actually. The purpose of the law was to show just how damaging the fall really was. Our decision to try to pursue equality with God had led to an insurmountable barrier between us and our creator. So the only way that we can wear righteousness, the only way that we can be right in the eyes of God, is by accepting that as a gift. When Paul mentions the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, for me, he hits the peak of the kit. And I'll tell you why I love it so much. This readiness is all about the return of Christ, as mentioned in our Ascension Day reading. The gospel of peace makes us ready for Christ's return. We have nothing to fear on that day. We know that Christ will be the judge of all, including those who've accepted the gift of righteousness. But the pain of that judgment, knowing that we have fallen short of God's standard, is healed by the very one who judges us. It's the truth of the gospel that makes us ready for that day, because we know that it's no longer down to us to achieve success in the eyes of God. It's the gospel that makes us ready. If you want to know more about what the gospel is and why we need it, there are people here who will be falling over themselves and each other to talk with you. And I invite you to come to the prayer chapel where one of them will talk more about it. It is the best news. Imagine being part of a physical battle. There is importance in your weapon, and we'll come to that. But it's the equipment that shields you that saves your life. In the battle against the devil, the image Paul uses is flaming arrows. 
And in order to protect ourselves from the damage he can do with those arrows, the only shield we need is faith. Putting your trust in God's love and strength. And having confidence that he will keep his promises. If you want to know more about the kinds of arrows the enemy uses, what those flaming arrows represent, I encourage you to find and read The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's an amazing presentation of the sort of niggling that goes on in our minds that takes us away from God quietly and subtly until we are further away than we realised we could be. It's a very, very good read. To protect our minds, we must have head protection, which is how we're encouraged to see our salvation. Our rescue by God from the consequences of our own wrongdoing which Romans 6.23 tells us is death. And that means eternal separation from God. And all that God is, love, joy, peace, all those things are godly. So to be separated from him is to be separated from all of those experiences permanently. We're told of one more piece of kit given to those serving in the army of God. And that's our weapon. This is not a sling like the one David used against Goliath, nor is it physical strength such as Samson used to tear down the temple of Dagon. Our weapon is a sword of the Holy Spirit, just like the one Jesus himself used in the wilderness. Matthew and Luke both recount that when Jesus was tempted in a way that would have seen his whole mission aborted, he used the word of God as a weapon against the enemy. Add to that the prophecy of Isaiah 54, verse 17, no weapon forged against you will prevail. And it's easy to see which side will win. But owning a sword and using it are two different things. So, looking back at the definition of army... We see that an army must be trained in preparation or readiness for action. We don't expect soldiers of an earthly army to go out with equipment they don't know how to use. And in the same way, we should not expect to be spiritual warriors ready to claim victory over the evil one unless we're ready to train in the use of our equipment. We must invest in Bible teaching, discussion and study. If you don't already use Bible study notes and you would like to start getting to know your Bible better, please ask one of the stewards and they will give you a copy of Word for Today. It's easy to use and it will help you develop a daily habit of Bible reading. Finally, Paul tells us that we must be prayers. We must know our commander-in-chief, our God. We must take time in our busy days and our quiet ones to talk to him and to listen. He is indeed our commander-in-chief, but he is also our father and our brother, our comforter and our strength. I want to finish by returning to the definition of army. When we are church, we are God's army, a subject that has become difficult with the use of violence in the name of religion. But God's army is of God. It's not rage-filled or malicious, it's not greedy or immoral, but instead it has compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. As Paul explains in his letter to Colossians, our army must be ready, trained, and equipped to confront and to protect. It must be disciplined, organized, and it must believe in the cause we stand and fight for. Keep your equipment in good condition and know how to use it. Be ready and keep communicating with the boss. For us, this means staying in close touch with the faith that we profess. It doesn't fuel itself. That's one of those flaming arrows. That temptation to believe that our faith will fuel itself, it doesn't. It doesn't even stay where it is. It reduces, it fades, and it quietly dwindles away just as a weapon eventually rusts, corrodes, or weakens. One major lesson that this passage teaches us by using the image of armour is that all of this equipment works most effectively if it is given appropriate attention, looked after, and our training is refreshed regularly and frequently. Now, that's a lot of picture language. And if that picture language leaves you with questions or leaves you wanting to know more about what it means for us today, I would like to invite you to join our team in the prayer chapel now or after the service or simply to discuss it over a coffee or a cup of tea in the parish centre. There is so much there that many churches will do a whole series of talks on the armour of God. So uh, rather than spend a couple of hours this morning... I wanted to present you with the umbrella, the inspiration, and leave you with questions that you want to ask. And if you want to ask them, we would be delighted to share our thoughts, views, opinions, and beliefs with you. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be an army of God. We want to be a group of people who are organised and work together in order to protect, in order to confront. We want to extinguish the lies, the deceit, the trickery of the evil one. We want to represent you in the world in which we live day to day. And so we ask you to help us because we're not left to do this on our own. Inspire us with whichever step it is that we need to take next, whether that's the same or different from the person next to us. Give us the confidence to say we don't understand something and to ask more about it. Help us to forgive ourselves when we get it wrong. Help us to be humble when it comes to asking for help. Help us to be united together with one another. not complaining or moaning behind other people's backs. Bring us together in unity as your church, your family, 
and the army of God. Amen.